the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What Jesus taught, as recorded through his chosen apostles, provides the foundational, essential, core doctrines of the Christian faith. Now, what are some of these core, essential doctrines? Good question, and we'll get into the answers in just a moment on Verse by Verse from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Our teacher is Leighton Sheely, senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Details about the church and its ministries can be found on the web at highlands.us. Past broadcasts in this series can be listened to on our ministry website, studyversebyverse.com. Today, Pastor Leighton begins in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe. So the Bible tells us that God has revealed Himself to us in various ways. He's revealed His glory through uh, nature and, and through the dreams and the visions of His prophets, through His handprints on the pages of history, through inspired Scripture. But His greatest revelation is found in Jesus Christ becoming a human being, what the theologians call the Incarnation. The fullness of God's revelation, and therefore the fullness of our knowledge of God, is found in Christ Jesus. What Jesus taught, as recorded through His chosen apostles, provides the foundational, essential, core doctrines of the Christian faith. Now what are some of these core, essential doctrines? Well, you may recall that we found that descriptions vary somewhat because this is human beings trying to put into words, their own words, a summarization of what the Bible teaches about a given subject. So you've got language issues, you've got vocabulary issues, you've got uh, process issues. Some people approach it one way, somebody else approaches it with a different system. And what we decided to do as a church is to look at the early church. Look at the doctrines of the early church. Look at the creeds of the early church. You see, some of the most brilliant Bible scholars in history gathered for those early church councils to encapsulate in words as best they could what the Bible teaches about various subjects in ancient statements of faith called creeds. Creeds are short summaries of what the Bible teaches. The Apostles' Creed is one of those early statements of faith. And it reads, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, 
and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Catholic, meaning universal, church. The communion of saints. The forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of the flesh. And life everlasting. Amen. Amen. The Apostles' Creed. It contains 14 essential doctrines. It talks about God's unity. God's triunity, or the Trinity. Human depravity. Christ's virgin birth, Christ's sinlessness, Christ's deity, and Christ's humanity. The necessity of God's grace, the necessity of faith. Christ's atoning death, His bodily resurrection, His bodily ascension, and Christ's intercession. Christ's second coming. All of these spoken about in the Apostles' Creed. Now, A couple of those, we're going to start at the beginning about God's unity and triunity and try to unpack a bit today about what the Scripture teaches concerning the Trinity of God. Now, it's important for us to remember the the doctrine of incomprehensibility because the Bible reveals things about God that we know are true because the Bible makes it plain, but we're not able to understand them fully as human beings because of our limitations, such as a being who is three in person and one in essence, how the Bible describes the Trinity. Or a being who is one person with two distinct natures, both human and divine, as the Scriptures describe the person of Christ. These are just too lofty for us to understand, and yet they are what the Bible teaches. The Bible very clearly teaches there is only one God, that He has always existed and will always exist. He is the creator of the universe. God said through His prophet Isaiah, Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. Isaiah 43.10 Moses proclaimed, Deuteronomy 6, 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So Scripture is abundantly clear that there is one and only one God. There are three different persons of the Trinity that are one not only in purpose and agreement, but also one in essence, in their essential nature. There's one God, not three And yet that one God exists in three persons. Now, if you find that perplexing, you are not alone. You're not alone. The term uh, Trinity describes the relationship of these three persons. And it's an effort to define the fullness of the Godhead, both in terms of His unity and His diversity. The word Trinity is not found in the Bible. It it means triunity or three in oneness. And it is used to summarize the the teaching of Scripture that God is three persons and yet one God. Now, we have hints of this throughout the Old Testament. In fact, that's why I wanted you to look at Genesis chapter 1. Look at verse 26. And there you'll find it reading, Then God said, 
God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. God said, let us. Question, is us singular or plural? Plural. Let us make man in our image. Is our singular or plural? Plural. You know, we're not told how many persons, but it's implied there's more than one person involved. And the same is true in a number of other scriptures, like in Genesis 3.22, which is just after the, the fall, that, that fateful decision of Adam and Eve to partake of the forbidden fruit, where God says, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And then in Genesis 11, which ta- recounts the story of the Tower of Babel, and God says, Come, let us... Go down there and confuse their language. And then another interesting passage in Isaiah 6, 8, where God says, Whom shall I send who will go for us? Whom shall I, singular, send and whom will go for us? Plural. God speaks of himself in the singular and the plural in the same sense. Isaiah 6, 8. Now, we're given hints of the Trinity throughout the Old Testament, but it's not until the baptism of Christ Jesus that we know that God is a Trinity because all three are in the same place at the same time doing distinct things. In Matthew 3, 16 and 17, it says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So all three are present at the same time, in the same place, distinctly. Jesus is being baptized. The Holy Spirit is descending in the form of the dove. And the God the Father is speaking from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. There are numerous other passages that reference the Trinity in the New Testament. For instance, the opening sentence of 1 Peter, it says, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. And then in Jude 20 and 21, we read, But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And those are just a few of the examples. Now, the historic formula in describing the Trinity is that God is one in essence and three in person. The unity of the Godhead is affirmed in terms of essence or being, and the diversity of the Godhead is expressed in terms of person. It is one of the most mysterious doctrines of the Scripture, and it has caused no small amount of controversy over the centuries. There were some early believers, some who called themselves Christian, who believed that there was actually three gods. And this idea is called tritheism. And the church rejected that as heresy. As it also did another teaching uh, called modalism. Now, modalism says there's one God and he's one person. He just appears in three modes. In the Old Testament, he's the God, the Father. And then he appears on earth as God, the Son. And when that's done, then he becomes God, the Holy Spirit. It's one God, one person, three different modes. They have a real problem explaining the baptism of Jesus Christ 
when all three are in the same place at the same time. So then how can we describe what the Bible teaches about the Trinity? God is three persons. Each person is fully God. There is one God. God is three persons. Each person is fully God. There is one God. I have always understood that there are just some mysteries in the Word of God, some things we will never fully understand until we stand before Jesus face to face. You're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. This message today comes from a series on the doctrines of the church, which Pastor Leighton shared a number of years ago and can be found in its entirety on that website, highlands.us. If you'd like to listen again to today's broadcast and past broadcasts, you'll find those on our ministry website at studyversebyverse.com. You can also join with us as a financial partner there. Give safely at studyversebyverse.com. We'll be back tomorrow at this same time, and I hope you'll be able to join us as we study together verse by verse.